let me tell you about my Patriot Supply. Disasters sometimes strike, and it's it's what they do. And when bad things happen, a lot of times, uh, you know, those who are are worse off uh, are the ones that were never really prepared, even mentally. You're too smart to be one of those people. That's why you understand it is critical to have at least some food stocked up in case of a crisis. So when your family uh, is in a crisis, you have some options on the table. MyPatriotSupply.com. They are the people that have helped my family prepare for years. When everybody is standing in line, you won't have to be. Order by 3 o'clock today, and your order will ship the same day for free. The unthinkable can happen in a moment's notice, so don't wait for a crisis to hit. Prepare today. Become self-reliant. No matter what the future holds, you just stand. MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. to the uh, program today we have a lot to cover uh, hamas the leader of hamas has called for a global day of rage and blood that he has called for tomorrow this is the time for jihad he says the money trail from the u.s and the biden administration is much worse than you thought it was we all thought it was just the six billion dollar deal and the pallet of cash that Obama gave Iran, but it is much, much worse than that. And we are negotiating now for prisoner swaps. The reason why Hamas has just verified that they took uh, Americans hostage is because they saw us negotiate with Iran. And so they figured they'd get more out of it. And Biden says he's doing a lot He's doing a lot to get our people off the ground in Israel. Are you, are you, have we become the Falkland Islands all of a sudden? Who the hell are we? We're going to give you all of those updates. Plus, we have the IDF on with us today. Rand Paul and Chip Roy is joining us in about 30 minutes. Stand by. We begin in 60. Uh... Dealing with aches and pains in your everyday life can be exhausting. Believe me, if you find yourself thinking about things that you used to be able to do almost on autopilot, but you can't do them anymore, 
because you're in pain. Think little things like getting down on the ground and wrestle with the kids or the grandkids. These can easily turn monumental tasks when you're hurting. In fact, you might stop doing them altogether, but there is possibly a solution. More than a million people have bought Relief Factor's Quick Start, and about 70% of them go on to order more. They find the relief that I have found. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-4-RELIEF. 800, the number 4-RELIEF. Get the 1995 three-week Quick Start. Again, ReliefFactor.com. Or call 800, the number 4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. I want to share with you uh, a letter from my friend in Israel. His name is Fabian. He and his family are witnessing all of this firsthand. And as a dad, I can relate to him. He wrote to me early this morning. Glenn, you've been speaking of evil for some time now and... And using that word, not, I think, lightly. You've been saying that this is not only a battle of flesh and blood, but it is good versus evil, perhaps even biblical. In the past week, you've made that choice crystal clear. Others, like Ben Shapiro, have also been using these words. I have too. But did we really need yet another lesson in the existence of evil? Let's just for a second pretend that infanticide and genital mutilation of children are a debatable political issue. That's only true in a world gone insane, but let's pretend for a second. Can we not agree that Auschwitz, Pol Pot, ISIS are examples of absolute evil? Do we actually need more? Apparently so, and so here we are. Entire families executed, grenades tossed into children's bedrooms, beheaded babies, women raped, murdered, and their bodies paraded naked as trophies, women burned alive while a crowd cheers. All of these things and more have happened in the last 10 days. People, human beings have done these things. This evil... While others have cheered them on, including, yes, some very useful idiots. But also including some who knew exactly what they're cheering on. Gas the Jews? Gas the Jews, chants the crowd. Glenn, you said last night on your TV program that you made the difficult choice to show some of the images of this evil. Some, many, many have shown less. Israeli media has been very sparing, and the trend among the public here is to not spread these images, not give them any airtime. Others, like Ben Shapiro, have chosen to show more, even though he has not shown it all. I know this is a difficult choice, but I think you and Ben made the right choice. These images need to be seen. This needs to be looked at and understood for what it is. Evil. I don't care what you know or think you know about the conflict. If you cannot look at these images and recognize that these are acts of pure evil, then we have a gigantic problem on our hands, and the conflict is the least of our worries. 
This time, we can't say we didn't know. Not that this was any more than a flimsy excuse last time. This time, we all know. We know who. We know what. We know where. We know when. We know why. And we know its name. Evil. Evil is not defeated by pretending it doesn't exist. Or that it's less than it is. Or that it's someone else's fault. Or that of the conflict or society or the system caused it. We don't defeat evil by adverting, uh, averting our gaze, by shrinking back and hoping it will leave us alone. It won't. We defeat evil by looking it in the eye, by naming it and speaking out against it, by fighting back when needed. I believe this is the sense of Moses' copper snake. Only by looking straight at what was killing them were the Israelites saved. Glenn, like most fathers, when my kids are occasionally scared at night, I usually tell them there aren't any monsters under the bed. And none in the closet either. I checked. There's no such things as monsters. Those are just stories. You're safe. We're right here. The house is locked, the bedroom door is open, and we're right next door. Go to sleep. The thing I've been wrestling with as a dad is, that's not true. And my kids, at least the older ones, are getting to the age when I need to tell them the truth. Especially after what happened this week, there are monsters. And there's plenty of them. And they really are evil. And they really do horrible things. They're not under the bed or in the closet. At least not right now. Laugh, if you will. But this week, every night, I have checked. I hope I don't have to suggest. You should too. But they are out there. And they are way too close. This week they got inside. They don't have tentacles or shining red eyes or shark teeth. It's worse than that. They walk on two legs. They're men. They were made in the image of God, and they have chosen to turn that image into some demonic caricature. Judaism doesn't believe in a devil in the classic Christian sense, although there is a being called Satan. He's more of an overzealous attorney general for God, nor... Does it have very much to say about demons, though there are hints of something buried under the dust of centuries? But Glenn, this has me wanting to believe in demons, because it would be easier to swallow, at least in a sense. I'd rather call them evil beings, demons, rather than the name of men. I need to find the way to tell my kids these things so they know that monsters are really out there so they can look at all of it in the eye and tell it that they will not yield. Yes, they may feel fear, but it will not get the better of them. Evil is real. But as for me and my house, we will stand with God and we will stand with the good. 
We choose life. We will stand at the gate and we will defend the house. Back when the two of us met, we started talking about faith. These are timeless questions nobody can really answer. But why does God allow this? What does your faith say? Is it the price of free will? Is it that evil is the necessary shadow of good? Can't God at least keep the worst at bay? But then would we not keep praying for the worst of whatever remains to be kept at bay until we demanded of God that he keep us from stubbed toes and deliver total equity on earth? Of course, isn't this exactly what he's been doing the whole time? Can we look at what we know of human history and say, this is what's left after the worst has, in fact, been kept from us? Is this the part miracles play in human events? Is this why we saw miracles in the American founding? Is this why Israel exists? Is this why... We somehow have managed not to destroy ourselves in a nuclear holocaust. I believe that God is good. I believe that evil is a necessary possibility. But that it is a choice that humans make. On a more hopeful note, I, I have to believe that proof that there is evil must also mean that there is also good I see this every day here now, in my friends who put on a green uniform to fight and perhaps die for all of us. I see it in the support pouring in from America and all across the world, including your audience. And in countless acts of heroism we witnessed just in the past few days, not all of them by Jews. For example, in the initial attack, some Negev Bedouins, Arabs, were killed by Hamas while attempting to help people escape from the rave festival. May their memory be for a blessing. Last, if I could, Glenn. Could I ask that you would ask people around the world, and especially in America, in these times, just stand and witness. See the evil. Look it in the eye. Name it. Speak, stand, not for us, though it's good to know we don't stand alone. But say these things and stand for you and your children, because sooner or later the monsters will come for you too, for all of us. May God keep you and your audience safe. May he bless you and all your endeavors as he does with all who bless his people. Fabian. Back in a minute. Thomas wrote in about his dog's experience with rough greens. He says, I have two huskies and I have to admit I didn't expect much. I thought for sure it was a gimmick, but I'm a believer. It's only been three weeks now and the fur looks incredible on all of them. And the excitement and stanima is overwhelming. Thank you so much. 
Thomas, I hear you. I had the same experience with my dog, Uno. In his old age, Rough Greens has given him, I think, the absolute best years of his life. Now, this is not a dog food if this is the first time you're hearing about Rough Greens. It's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. And you sprinkle it on the dog's food. Remember, brown food is dead food. You want the greens. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog is going to love it and you'll see a difference in your dog. They have a special deal. You just go to Rough Greens, R-U-F-F Greens dot com slash back or call 833-GLEN33 and they'll give you your first trial bag free just to make sure your dog will eat it and like it. It's right. It's free. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to 833-GLEN33, 833-G-L-E-N-N-33 or roughgreens.com slash back. 10 seconds, station ID, and back to the program. Uh, well, welcome to the program. We're glad you're here. Hi, Stu. Glenn, how are you? Good. Uh, I would ask that the audience uh, pray for some uh, miracles. I can't give you... Um, any details today, but I hope to be able to fill you in perhaps on Monday, but, uh, pray for our team and, uh, pray for miracles. Uh, there is a great story from, uh, Arian Wex, uh, Wexel from the Federalist. She writes, it all became even more egregious when we inspect within the context of the Biden administration's foreign and domestic policies, the money trail with Iran is worse than you think. Let me just read this to you. Many of the articles surrounding the atrocities of the Hamas attacks in the past weekend have been referenced, uh, have referenced the recent $6 billion deal in which the U.S. gave its money to Iran in exchange for five Americans. It already seemed like the worst trade in history, but it's more nefarious than simply unleashing six billion dollars to uh, Iran, a known terrorist state and the most existential threat to the free world. In reality, this one detail hyperlinked quickly in most articles is part of a larger spider web of hidden details. In a recent article, senior advisor of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies and former National Security Council official Richard Goldberg traces the money trail, and he confirms it's worse than you think. Listen to this. The $6 billion you've seen in all of the headlines is only the money being transferred from our friends in Qatar. This is separate from the $10 billion of assets being transferred from Iraq. That continues on a rolling basis. Then there are reports that Iran will be allowed to access $7 billion in fiat currency by trading drawing rights with the International Monetary Fund. And Japan is now scheduled to transfer $3 billion to Iran. The revelations don't and there, U.S. officials have also quietly acknowledged that they've uncapped Iranian oil exports to China. 
these export uh, export levels previously held by the Trump administration to 775,000 barrels per day are now estimated to be between 1.4 and 2.2 million barrels per day. Modest estimates value this relief at $25 billion annually. So the total is not $6 billion. The total orchestrated by the Biden administration to Iran is $50 billion. This is perhaps the only, only the first layer that we know. We know Iran has already ejected international nuclear inspectors and are on their way to building a facility that is believed to be now so deep that no bunker buster could even uh, affect it. Iran didn't have to stop their production of high, highly enriched uranium. They're just producing it at a slower rate. And the Biden administration chose to pick up the Obama era's decision to unrestrain Iran based on a pinky promise. Most recently, we learned that top officials were influencing the U.S. government in favor of Iranian nuclear power. A series of leaked emails now have forced the chief of staff to the secretary of defense. Messages show her involvement with the Iran Experts Initiative, a direct Iranian government initiative to allegedly improve the country's image. This would seem the mandate of improving the country's image, including uh, included influencing the U.S. government to give Tehran more flexibility in enriching uranium. It also clarifies the quiet suspension of the Biden administration's lead Iranian negotiator, Robert Malley, which was previously unexplained. We have also come to learn that other aides were directly corresponding with the Iranian government from their U.S. government posts. Iranian lawmakers proudly chant death to America, but we make deals. We have the Biden administration making deals with the enemies of the United States of America. He is he has cleared the way for 50 billion dollars to go to the biggest terrorist organization on the planet. And then he has allowed them to make money with the Chinese by allowing them to sell more of their oil while canceling our oil here in America. When's enough enough, America? The Glenn Beck Program. Here's an idea. Next time you go to the gun range, don't load any ammunition into your gun. Just point the barrel at the target and say bang loudly. And then guess how close you might have gotten to the bullseye. I've got a story today in the show prep. If you don't get it, you can get it free at glenbeck.com. Get it every morning. There's a story about how bad, how bad off we are because of what this administration has done with our armaments. Uh, ammunition is not going to get cheaper. So one solution to the expensive ammo is bang at the gun range. But the best solution is Mantis X. Mantis X, it is high-tech, easy-to-use system used widely by the military, and it helps you prove you're shooting quickly. You can attach it to your firearm and connect it to an app on your smartphone or your tablet via Bluetooth. And whether you're firing actual rounds 
or dry fire practicing you just aim at anything pull the trigger and it tells you exactly what you're doing wrong and how to correct it instantaneously it's amazing 94 percent of the shooters improve within 20 minutes start improving today mantisx.com that's mantisx.com and it's blazetv.com slash glenn just use the promo code glenn save 10 bucks chip roy is next All right, so we have uh, Chip Roy coming up in uh, just a second. The Israel aid is now being tied up uh, with the Ukrainian aid. Uh, we are in a horrible situation with our supplies now. We, we I don't know uh, how much we can fight ourselves now, let alone if we get involved in a two-front war. And if we're in a two-front war, gang, I got news for you. China's taking Taiwan. Because this is the truth that nobody wants to say. We cannot defend Taiwan. We can't. We don't have, we don't have enough assets there. We don't have, you know, they, they will overwhelm us just in drones. We won't be able to fight them in Taiwan. And nobody wants to say that. Nobody wants, but that's the truth. So, you know, <laughs> good luck, Taiwan. But that is Horrible news, horrible news for uh, America and the West. By the way, we have Chip Roy uh, calling in here in just a second. We hope to he must have been delayed. We'll get him here in a second. But I want to talk to him about that. I want to know how we didn't know about Hamas, all mm. of this stuff. I also want to know about the, the, the vote today for the Speaker of the House. Yesterday, they nominated uh, Steve Scalise, who I like, and it's probably uh, an even exchange for McCarthy, maybe a little bit better. We're very much in the same area, even though they were sort of rivals. Right. Uh, I think as far as the performance goes, you're going to be in the same vicinity. Yeah. And it could get much worse than that. I mean, I don't think this is a bad outcome. Do you? Yeah, I think it's a. I, the question is whether it's worth going through this Correct, risk. To but it's see, not but, a bad outcome. No, I think it should be about the same as it was. Yeah. Now, I think a lot of people didn't like the way it was. I didn't, um, and I wasn't in love with it either. Like Jim so, Jordan's my guy. Yeah, Jordan, I think would be an improvement. But again, Jordan is very limited in what he can do too, because of you've got a situation where you know there's a Democratic president, there's a Democratic Senate, so you're very limited in the House, but. Ah. It would be, uh, he would certainly be an improvement. We have uh, Chip Roy on with us now. Hey, Chip, how are you? Doing fine, Glenn. How are you? Uh, uh, good. I, I, I wish we had Jim Jordan going up today. Uh, you vote today, right? Uh, well, we're not sure. Okay. Uh, we, we, you know, yesterday we had the conference meeting. Um, yeah. I offered uh, an amendment that was designed to ensure that we came to a conclusion uh, to this uh, as a conference before we brought it out. We thought it was important to be united. And frankly, it was rejected and steamrolled by the kind of old guard establishment in this town who said, oh, you're trying to change the rules at the last minute. You're Stacey Abrams and all sorts of crazy stuff. And Stacey it, Abrams. It just, yeah, no, you, you, can't, you can't even make up the, stu- the, the silliness. I mean, 
All we literally did was propose an amendment to say, once we pick the, the nominee, like our normal rules from us, from Republicans, that we validate that that individual has the votes. The reason I wanted to do that, Glenn, was because it was very clear to me that Steve had problems getting to 217. And uh, I wasn't 100% sure about Jim either. And I thought we as a family ought to figure it out. That's it. This was not complicated stuff. And everybody went to the mic and said, oh, you're going to delay it. We got to go. We got to move and do this. This will slow things down. Well, guys, guess what? We just walked into a cul-de-sac and we don't have a speaker. If Steve had the votes, we would be on the floor. Um, right now, Steve doesn't have the votes. So um, we've, we've got a conference meeting at 12 today, 12.15, I think. And uh, we're going to sit down, hopefully, as a family and, and hash this out as we should have done 24 hours ago. So um, we'll see what happens today. And uh, look, I still think uh, Jim is a strong and viable candidate. Oh, he's great. And, um, and I think we ought to try to unite around Jim. And that's going to be my point in the conference today. And one last point for you and your listeners. I was prepared to uh, try to work with the family. And if they chose Steve, let's, let's try to unite around Steve. But we got to hash it out behind closed doors if he can get to 217. But when they took our good faith effort, which was an across ideological spectrum effort, uh, Glenn, it was me and Brian Fitzpatrick, right? I mean, our voting cards don't line up, you know, real well. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and some of us across the party, we all sat down and we said, hey, here's an approach that will get this done. Let's do this. And man, they called in all the usual plays. K Street lobbyists were burning the phones down night before last. They got out all their talking points and had these old bulls go to the microphone and say, you're destroying the institution. So guys, all we're trying to do is have a, uh, have a decision behind uh, the, in, the, in the room behind closed doors as a family and then bring it out, which is fine. And at the end of the day, uh, we have uh, uh, now burned another day. Now we're going to go back and I'm still going to be advocating for Jim. I think he can unite us. We need a warrior who can communicate, uh, who's all in to go beat uh, Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and uh, do this for the American people. I have to tell you, um, you know, he is a great communicator. He is. He would be truly effective. He is not afraid of communicating. He is not afraid of of stating the position of uh, the right. I, I I just don't understand. Other than they think that he would be far too right. Yeah, I'm sorry. He is a conservative. You know, uh, he he is standing up against things like genital mutilation and uh you know corruption and all these kinds of things that i guess maybe some people want to play footsie with but i don't um but good luck uh i'm just i just worry that we're going to get something worse than scalise and by the way i say this with all with with all love and respect for uh for steve he's battling cancer yeah, that's a that is a worry for members of the conference. And look, I'm a cancer survivor. I went through chemo, and look, I'm praying for Steve, and I wish him well, and he's a patriot. And look, our differences are not significant, but but there is, and and, and I I just don't wish it for him. I mean, right, to have to go right. through this treatment while you're speaker of the house, and I think it'd be very hard. Um, and that's between him and his wife and God and, and his yeah. doctors to figure that out. But but it, but it is a concern for a lot of members. It is part of the reason why I think he's having trouble getting to two seventeen. But at the end of the day, for me. The next man up mentality, the, the, hey, let's just do another person who's been in Washington for 20 years, uh, you know, that's the, you know, majority leader and boom, you're the speaker, you know, as opposed to somebody who's not really of the swamp. Now, like Jim's been here for, you know, a decade plus or however long, but, but, He's but not we've swamp. got, 
but he, he's not of the swamp. He is not of this town. And, you know, this is why I think we need a, a trajectory change. Glenn. Yes. I mean, that's what I try to tell people. It's something different. We've got to shake things up because our country is burning down around us. Our borders are wide open. We're spending money we don't have. We're, you know, funding proxy wars that, you know, are endless. Uh, we're, we're, you know, driving up inflation through our bad decisions. We're funding the cultural war against our people. And, you know, Jim's got a heart of a warrior to go do this. And it's time to change. And, and if the old guard thinks that the status quo is working, someone show me. Someone show me what they're proud of that Congress has done over the last 30 or 40 years besides essentially go through the same tax cut debates every two years. Yeah. And, and I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, that's look, I think we need a fundamental shift a trajectory shift, and that's why I'm still backing Jim, and we'll take that to the conference. I'm not trying to be the proverbial you-know-what in the punch bowl. What I am trying to do is force our conference to face you know, squarely the fact that the American people are sick of Washington and sick of the swamp. We need something different. We need a change, and that's what we need to be talking about today at noon. Will it make a difference at all if people call? Yes, Absolutely. We're at, a, we're at a game time decision right now for Republicans. Who is going to be the face of the Republican Party going out and arguing with Joe Biden, arguing with Chuck Schumer, heading into one of the most important elections in the history of this country? Who's going to be making that argument and leading the charge? And I think Jim has demonstrated a willingness to take on the status quo, but also work with people in town to figure out how to get, um, you know, get things done and to, and to, and to work across the conference. So, you know, people calling in would be helpful. Um, this is not a slap against Steve. I mean, no, Lord knows. I mean, you know, no, he was not. shot. And, I know. You know, he and, and 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 I got great affection for Steve. But this is just something I think that we need to unite. I don't think Steve has the votes. And I, I want us to try to make a good faith effort to, to get Jim right. the votes. And let's march forward. OK. Uh, <laughs> I have so much to ask you, but let me just uh, let me wrap it up with this question. The Israeli aid tied to Ukraine. That's what everybody's trying to do. Is that what's going to happen here? Is there a swampier frigging thing to do? There's not. To say that we're going to go say that the minimal aid that Israel would, would require or request, whatever that is, and I haven't seen a number, given the circumstances, right? We, we do three and a half billion or so you know, every year in our budget. Um, which, which pays back to us, by the way, in terms of our relationship with them at Iron Dome and, you know, front lines of security against our enemies in the Middle East. But, but we've, you know, if we're going to say, oh, no, we're going to do Ukraine, but you, I mean, Israel, but no, you got to lump in uh, Ukraine. You know how much they want for Ukraine? $80 billion. Now, I don't know if that's what they want to lump in in this installment, but I can promise you that's where they want to go for the next year. And we should not lump them together. Any aid we give, by the way, including to Israel, should be paid for. We can pay for it out of the ridiculous programs that the, the, the Biden administration expanded, like, for example, I don't know, 87,000 IRS employees. Or, I don't know, how about the Inflation Reduction Act, which is crushing American energy and empowering China? Why don't we cut it out of that ridiculous subsidy program for the rich white liberals who drive their Teslas around and pat themselves on the back, feeling good about themselves while they destroy jobs for hardworking Americans? We should pay for it out of those ridiculous programs, whatever we spend, and we should have an honest, open debate about Ukraine before $1 goes. And let me be very clear, not $1 should go to Ukraine at all. 
until we've dealt with H.R. 2 in the border, if anything goes to Ukraine. So these are the conversations we ought to be having. Lumping them together is asinine. Well, I will tell you, um, you know, uh, I, I think we need to look into what this administration has done with Iran. Uh, I think yep. they are gravely uh, responsible for what is going on because we just we're giving them money. And, you know, Hamas even said that's why we're taking American hostages. And by the way, Chip, can somebody please tell the president it requires him to pick up the phone and say, I want some gray tails every 45 minutes taking off from an airport in Israel full of Americans. That's all that's required. There's no study. There's no nothing. Oh. I, 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 I do not disagree. I mean, we need we need to see serious effort. Um, uh, and, and frankly, this like the president's not capable of that. So we have to force the people around the president to uh, come to terms with what it means to, you know, have our allies being attacked and Americans being uh, killed. I think, what, 22 Americans now yes. is what I, the last data point I saw. I think it's 24 um, this morning. Is it 24? OK, I think so. And uh, so, you know, we've got we've got dead Americans. We have American hostages. Um, you know, I might give a shout out to my friend Corey Mills, my colleague is over there trying to help, you know, get people out of Israel um, uh, who need, who need assistance. Um, but we, we need leadership right now to, to, to go protect Americans, to make sure that Israel um, has what they need to, to hold the line. But importantly, that we're not just going to go write another, you know, uh, check that's going to be a, you know, Christmas tree for Ukraine and every other wish list like this town operates. So give me an example, Glenn, all last year, we were fighting over how to cut spending, right? And so the, the big deal that was struck on the inflation, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, on the, uh, you know, whatever, debt deal, yeah, was a 1% cut, okay? A 1% cut off of 2023. Not enough in yours, in my view. But okay, a 1% cut. Defense went up $28 billion. Non-defense got cut about, I don't know, 8%, okay? Well, that 1% cut would be about $16 billion. Well, Congress spent $16 billion on that CR 10 days ago for disaster relief in like an hour. So you had a whole discussion over the year about how to cut $16 billion. And then you spend 16 billion on offset in a blink. That's what's wrong with this town. Okay. You know. All right, Chip, go do your job. Thank you so much. Thank you for so much for standing up for what is right and being a voice for many of us who feel very alone. Thank you. Well, we're, we're going to keep fighting, Glenn. Just look, you know, we got to keep faith. Yep, the we, Lord calls us to keep faith. We cannot quit. Congressman, right, Co- Congressman Chip Roy um, out of Texas. So I got a letter in. Um, it said, uh, Glenn is from Rebecca. Glenn, back in February, my husband and I started a search for uh, a new house. We didn't know anybody in the area where we were trying to buy. We had no referrals for real estate agents, uh, you know, to begin a search for us. Then I remembered your company, Real Estate Agents I Trust. We're Blaze TV subscribers, so I remembered the name. So I decided to give it a try. I filled out the online form and immediately received an email from your company giving me the contact information of an agent from the area. David was his name. And they said he'd be contacting me. I'm happy to report that in June, we closed on a wonderful place. David was great to work with. I wanted to share this with you after receiving uh, the email. Thank you so much. Rebecca, thank you. Oh, we're, we're really excited to have the best agents, in, in our opinion, working with real estate agents I trust. 
This is my company, and I, they, these people don't work for me. We monitor, we screen, and it doesn't ever stop. We monitor every single sale, and we talk to people like you, Rebecca, afterwards to make sure that things went well. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. You're looking for a real estate agent in any area across the street or across the country. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Most people have no idea that there's an invisible gap in their home's protection. Your home, your equity, your financial future is at risk. And this invisible threat is called house stealing or home title uh, theft. According to the FBI, and I quote, uh, con artists pick a house. It can be a vacation home, a rental property, or the home someone is living in right now. They transfer the deed of the house into their name by obtaining the forms using fake IDs and filling the paperwork with proper uh, filing the paperwork with uh, proper authorities. Now they own the home. Does that sound like fun? Does that sound like something you want to go through? I, I don't think I want to go through it. Once this is complete, of course, they can just take out loans using your home as collateral, and they can even sell your home outright from under you. This isn't something that uh, should happen to you or anyone else, but it's something that does happen all the time. In fact, it's one of the fastest growing crimes in America. And it's only possible for cyber criminals to accomplish this because most people don't spend a lot of time thinking about their home's title, whether or not it's secure. Why would you? Well, you need to, and Home Title Lock can do this for you. Uh, they come in, they can make a big difference for you and secure your home's title and help you avoid a really terrible experience. Protect your home from this invisible gap. Check on your home's title right now at HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and they're going to uh, send you a complete scan of your home's title and you'll get 30 days of triple lock protection free hometitlelock.com the promo code is beck at hometitlelock.com the global plan for a global war we talk about that coming up in just a second. Just got an um, insider from Washington who was listening to the program uh, who happened to hear um, our good friend Chip Roy on. And he said, uh, Glenn, have to disagree with Chip on this. In fact, I, I just sent it. I, yeah. Do you have you it? Sent it? Yeah, hold on one second. Uh, it says, uh, it's, now it's, it didn't have a hardcore opinion here, but said, Scalise sucks. <laughs> would but rather, tell me what you really think. Scalise sucks. Would rather have McCarthy. McCarthy is a better communicator and fundraiser, and wasn't vindictive to conservatives. Scalise sucks at communicating, sucks at fundraising, and as is as vindictive as hell. And then wow. uh, notes that uh, the conservative reviews Liberty Score for uh, Steve Scalise is an F. Yeah, not not great. It's like a fifty-five. Suboptimal, Glenn. Suboptimal. But yeah, I'm glad we had a real hardcore plan here, and everything's yeah. going according to plan. Good job, everybody. Call your congressman today, Jim Jordan. We have a chance of an the A Glenn plus Beck program. I want to talk to you a little bit about Barrel Buddy. You know what? Uh, you know what the uh, Israeli military or the government is doing this week? They're handing out ARs. Hey, you're a citizen. You might want to have this to protect yourself. What is our government doing? Listen, if you are serious about protecting yourself, you need to have a gun. You need to be trained with it, and you need to keep it in great shape. And Barrel Body is revolutionizing the gun cleaning experience in a simple way. It pushes outward when you put it into the barrel. It's not like a T-shirt. 
It pushes outward and fills the interior of your gun's barrel, which cleans the rifling grooves as well as the barrel's surface. It's a 3D cylinder made up of polymers. Uh, it doesn't leave any residual particles behind. There is no mess. It cleans, cleans by scrubbing and collecting the particulates and then absorbs any remaining residue and buffs the interior uh, surface clean. It is one of those things that once you use it, you're like, how did nobody come up with this before? It is great. It's Barrel Buddy. You're cleaning your guns. This is the best way to do it. It's truly revolutionary. It's BarrelBuddy.com. That's BarrelBuddy.com. Big hour for you if you want to understand the world in which we live. We'll explain it next. hour 30 minutes 45 minutes you are going to understand what is going on with our world in our country and uh with the war in the middle east and ukraine you will understand it more clearly and better than anybody else that you know i believe give us 30 minutes and we'll explain the world to you we begin in 60 seconds what do you get when enough companies draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, we're not going to be part of this woke culture, culture anymore that's taken over corporate American? You get a parallel economy. You get a win for the Constitution. You also get companies like Patriot Mobile who offer amazing cell car- carrier service, but don't bow down to the woke left agenda. In fact, they fight it right alongside you and me. I mean, they are in our school districts. This is a company that I wholeheartedly endorse. The only reason why I have a f- cell phone, and I don't ever carry it, I have a cell phone because I wanted to put money in Patriot Mobile's pocket every month. That is sincere. I believe in these people. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage. You can access any of the three major networks that everybody's on, but you don't have to worry about part of your bill going to fund some leftist causes. Send a message to the rest of the country. Stand for what you believe in. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. Free activation when you use the offer code Beck. Join me. Make the switch today. Patriotmobile.com slash Beck. Patriotmobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. 
All right. Justin Haskins is uh, with us. He is my co-author and researcher for The Great Reset and the book that is out now, Dark Future. He is also with the Heartland Institute. He is the Socialism uh, Research Center Director. Uh, Justin, how are you, first of all? Uh, I'm okay. (laughs) I think the world's about to burst into flames. So with that in mind... I'm doing okay. Yeah. Survive. You know, it's weird. I've talked to so many people and they all have answered exactly the same way. You mean, despite everything that's going on in the world, I'm good. Thank God I'm I'm American. Yeah. Thank God I don't live on that side of the world. Yeah. But that side of the world, I think is coming to this side of the world. I think if you look just at uh, the, what is it? 5 million or is it 7 million? 7 million people that have come across our border, isn't it? uh, Since Biden. I saw that number today, and don't I don't know the was, number off the top of my head, but I can yeah, look it is shocking. It's amount. in the millions. Very yeah, high. it's in yes, the millions. I thought high. it was four, but I read today it was seven. Uh, how many? How many of these are sleeper cells? Honestly, okay. <laughs> Before we get into all of that, <laughs> let's just explain what's happening in the Middle East. And Justin, you and I have been going back and forth here recently, and I I took you as an audience member uh, through this uh, a few days ago. But there is much more, and Justin has been doing all of the research on this. You know that I've been talking about Alexander Dugan for a long time, and people have mocked and laughed, and it's the same thing that they said when, when I said the anarchist, the socialist, the communist, and the Islamist will all work together to destroy the West and the Western way of life. You are now seeing that in action. You don't have to wait so long because it's already in action when I talk to you about Alexander Dugan. I've been saying to you that his philosophy, if not him in particular, his philosophy has been shopped around even here in the United States without people really understanding what's going on. Unfortunately, those who are against the United States, against the Western world, They do understand his philosophy, and this is going to unlock not only Iran, I'm sorry, Ukraine, but it's also going to unlock what's happening with Iran, Israel, Hamas, and the Armenian genocide that is going on right now. Justin. Right. So... In Dark Future, in the book that we put out earlier this year, a lot of that was written a long time ago. We talked extensively about Alexander Dugan and the influence that he had on the thinking about Ukraine. What we and we mentioned in the book that one of the main goals is to reshape the global landscape to move toward a capital T traditionalist model where it's it's the he calls them Atlanticists. It's this global sea powers, meaning America, Canada, European powers versus this more landlocked countries, the more traditional Eurasia. Right. And, And when we say traditional, we mean This is what he actually says. Pre-enlightenment. Okay. Getting rid of all of modernity. Now, you you need to understand. I hope you remember what we went through and I talked to you for years about Fabian socialists. The Fabian socialist window, if you don't know what it is, look it up right now. The Fabian socialist window Fabian socialists were in England and they were proud. They, their symbol was a wolf 
with sheep's clothing tied on to it. Okay, they they are the progressives of of uh, England. A lot of this stuff came over here. Their idea was and in the stained glass window, it shows them taking a bellows to to fan the flames of fire and they're heating the world up. And underneath it says um, uh, to mold it uh, into mold the world to I can't remember closer to our heart's desire. But what you have to understand, and this is I'm saying this now because it's the same philosophy as Dugan. It's not just heat it up and then pound it. It is to heat it up and shatter it. That's what's happening. Every time we are being pulled apart, they are shattering and tearing us apart. United we stand, divided we fall. But they want the entire thing destroyed before they begin to rebuild. Right. And and Alexander Dugan, highly influential figure, he's considered Putin's brain. A lot of the philosophy that's been adopted by the highest figures in Russia at the Kremlin, it's been well documented that he has been one of the most influential thinkers on all those people for a long, long, long time, time, going back to the 90s. 90s even. Yep. And so Alexander Dugan, in his works... And we, we noted this in the book. If you read his works, you see these things happening now. Things that he predicted, things that he thought was essential for the return of the Russian imperial renaissance and the traditionalist powers of the East, meaning China and Iran and, uh, and others, Turkey and others, for them to beat the Great Reset elites, because he doesn't like the Great Reset, okay? He's not, he's not pro-Great Reset. This is a different thing. In order to beat them... We have to align our traditionalist interests, create a multipolar world instead of having a world that's just dominated by Western thinking. And we need to create spheres of influence and alliance between all of these powers that that we think, although we don't have anything in common on the specifics, we all want traditionalist capital T values. So he specifically points out that the radical Islamists actually have more in common with Vladimir Putin than they do with the West because they're not liberal. They're not liberal in the traditional this, sense. This, this, what, what, what um, helps him make this case is the billions of dollars. The fact that the United States Embassy in Moscow is flying on one side the American flag and the rainbow flag on the other side of the entrance of the Moscow U.S. Embassy. This culture that we are pushing out, that we ourselves are split on, they're not split on it. They don't believe it, especially in Muslim countries. And so when Dugan is pointing out that we have more in common with the Muslim, they're not saying that we can coexist and cozy up. Remember, Russia slaughtered the Muslims when they rose up, slaughtered them. It's what I said to you in 2009. They will put themselves together as an enemy of my enemy is my friend until they shatter everything. And then they'll work out their differences after they've gotten rid of us. That's right. So when they say, why did they hit us on 9-11? Well, they hate us because we're free. No, they don't. No, they don't. Now you can understand they hate us because they think we are so morally corrupt, which we are. 
Right. It, he wrote a book just before the invasion of Ukraine. It was published just before that um, in 2021. And it's called The Great Awakening, The Great Reset versus The Great Awakening. You read this on the mm-hmm. air a couple of days ago. And in it, he makes it very clear that the coming new world order is going to be uh, a multipolar world where you have spheres of influence, where these traditionalist new empires, he wants new, new empires. empires. Russia will have its sphere of influence. Iran will have its sphere. Turkey has its sphere. China has its sphere. And ever since the war in Ukraine, everything that he talked about has played out exactly the way that he said that it was going to play out. Take us through this, because this is fascinating. Right. So uh, the invasion of Ukraine is part of that. Okay, that's the first step. He believes that in order for the world to be remade and to, to break down the West, Russia has to lead the way. And, and usher in this new era of imperialism. This is what he says. He wants imperialism. So Ukraine is, a, he very clearly points this out. Ukraine is, is one of the first places that needs to be dealt with. So, of course, not long after that book is published, Ukraine is invaded by Russia. Okay? Crimea. Yes. Not long. Now, now fast forward a year later, and you have uh, Russia and China and India and these and these other powers that he talks about Russia needing to ally with is developing the most advanced economic relationship uh, of Eastern powers that has ever existed, I think, in BRICS. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is Brazil, Russia, uh, India, China, and I always forget the South Africa, mm-hmm. I think is the last one. So they're developing this economic relationship. They're bringing in powers from the Middle East. Alexander Dugan himself is going to the Middle East, to Iran, 20 plus times to meet with leaders to try to convince them to join this new economic alliance. Shortly after... Iran joins this economic alliance shortly after he starts bringing in more of these powers. What happens? War breaks out in the Middle East. You have Iran waging a proxy war in Israel using Palestine, right? And now you have Armenia going to war with, you have Armenia and Azerbaijan now having a conflict. That's all predicted by Alexander Dugan as well. He, in fact, explain this because he talks about Azerbaijan, which is um, uh, now doing genocide on the Armenians. The Armenians are the first Christian country. Uh, so what what is happening? Turkey... Uh, and Azerbaijan have wanted to get rid of Armenia forever. So this has been going under the radar. The Nazarene Fund, by the way, is on the ground in the area. I'll leave it at that. Trying to get these people out and get them to safety. This is where I I feel like there's an there's no way that anyone can can convince me now that the Dugan playbook, and I'm not saying he's like the figure, shadowy mastermind figure. No, he's just put it together in a way that everybody who's on that side goes, well, that's good for me. I like that. That's exactly right. This was the thing that, that nailed it for me. Okay. 19 in the 1990s, he publishes a book that is one of the most influential books in, in, in Russia. It's called Foundations of Geopolitics. We're going to get to that in one minute. First, let me tell you about Mark uh, wrote in about his experience with Relief Factor. He says, I've worked construction for over 30 years. I deal with back and knee and hip problems all the time. 
relief factor. This stuff is great. My pain is very low. I can keep up with all the young guys now. Thumbs up. Thank you. Relief factor. Mark, thanks for writing in. I'm glad that Relief Factor has worked for you. It worked for me as well. I got my life back, and I think you'd say the same thing. If you're living with pain, life is a struggle, and finding the right way to deal with that pain isn't fun and most times frustrating. But please, even if you've thought you've tried everything, give Relief Factor a try and just see if it works for you. You will know within three weeks, and it's 1995 for that three-week trial period. If it doesn't work, stop taking it. If you don't see any improvement, don't it probably won't work for you. But the trial pack is great because over a million people have bought the trial pack, the quick start, and about 70% of them go on month after month to order more. Go to relieffactor.com, 800-4-RELIEF, 800, the number 4, relief, 1995, three-week quick start, relieffactor.com, or call 800, the number 4, relief, relief factor, feel the difference, 10 seconds, station ID. So it's early in the 90s. Alexander Dugan releases one of his most influential books. Right. Foundations of Geopolitics. And in this book, he says something that is absolutely astounding. So everything that is happening now was predicted back then. Right. But one of the most specific things that I just don't think can possibly be a coincidence is the conflict that we're seeing play out right now with Armenia and Azerbaijan. Now, Armenia, as you said, one of the oldest Christian countries in the world, the oldest, they are not natural allies of Iran. That doesn't make sense. No. Iran's an Islamic state. They don't like Christians. Correct. Yet, they have developed over the past couple of decades, at the same period of time that Alexander Dugan has risen to power within the ranks, they have developed an alliance, these two countries. Okay? Now, in the book, in the 1990s, okay, he says this, a special geopolitical role is played by Armenia, which is a traditional and reliable ally of Russia in the Caucasus. Armenia will serve as a most important strategic base in the thwarting of Turkish aggression to the north and to the east. And then he says, and this is uh, documented by John Dunlop, who's a, a, a really important scholar at Stanford University, done a lot of work in this area. Um, he says it is necessary, therefore, to create the subsidiary access Access. This is this is him. This is Dugan speaking. Access. Moscow, Erevan, Tehran. Power. The Armenians, Dugan underscores with approval, are an Aryan people like the Iranians and the Kurds. Then Dunlap notes Azerbaijan resents one example of how the trio Eurasia, Russia, Iran and Armenia might choose to divide up the spoils. This is from um, Dugan. If Azerbaijan maintains its present pro-Turkish orientation, then that country will be split up among Iran, Russia, and Armenia. Almost the same holds true with regard to other regions of the Caucasus. With Chechnya, and then he goes on to list others. It makes sense, Dugan writes elsewhere, to bind Azerbaijan to Iran. Okay, so the point is, everything that's happening right now is part of a larger philosophy and plan. The goal here, from Dugan's perspective, is to build an alliance of these traditionalist empires specifically so that Russia can get to the warm sea ports that they don't historically have access to and to, and to build, use existing and long-standing conflicts between nations and peoples in order to make that happen. In the future, 
in Dugan's mind, and I think this is playing out right now, you're going to have spheres of empires that exist all over the world. And they're going to be enforcing their capital T traditionalist ideals. It's okay that they don't all agree as long as they just let each other be empires and they kind of leave each other alone. So China gets its sphere of influence. Russia gets its own and takes over a lot of Eurasia and controls that area, including Ukraine. Iran and an Islamic empire, he calls it, in the south will get to control its area. They expel all the Westerners, meaning Israel is a big part of all of that. The NATO forces and, and influence is rather in Ukraine is a big part of that. And they will be able to build a world and an economy that can not only compete with the West, but eventually beat the West and destroy the West. And so I believe that is exactly what's going on here. It's playing out to a P to a T all the way down to Armenia and Azerbaijan. This can't be a coincidence. And as you noted a couple days ago, uh, Alexander Dugan's daughter who thinks like him, as far as I can tell, philosophically, sure. 30 years old, it dies in a, in a horrific car bombing as she's driving down the street in Moscow. At, they had just been, Dugan and his daughter were just at a conference, and they switched cars the last minute, and the bomb goes off and his daughter dies driving down the street. The bomb was, it appears, was meant for Dugan. Who kills, who tries to kill just a harmless philosopher, a professor, who does that? No one. He must, at least there must be a perception that he is very important and influential in all of this. And he's been an important and influential figure for a very long time. So why kill him now? Well, maybe it's because everything he predicted that was going to happen, all of the plans he had for the future are happening now. The frightening thing is you talk about sphere of influences. We're not really left with a sphere of influence. The spoils are uh, divided up and that is why the borders of Europe and the borders of America are just wide open. They're wide open. It's why Germany now is afraid to say anything. It's, it's why Holland is afraid to say anything. France is afraid to say anything. They've lost their own sphere of influence to powers that have overrun the borders. When... When you have Hamas's leader saying that tomorrow, Friday, needs to be a day of jihad and washing the world in blood, pray to God that that doesn't happen. But we've got a lot of people that have crossed Europe and America's borders that would like to see that happen. The Glenn Beck Program. More on this in just a second. When you go into a grocery store to buy food for yourself and your family, what is the first thing you look at when you get to the meat aisle? Right? The price. Then the sell-by date. How about whether or not it's been raised in America? Probably not, right? I mean, it really, really matters, but you're looking at price. You're looking at how, what can I afford? 85% of the grass-fed uh, grass beef is imported from overseas. Now, how can you take a cow and ship it on a boat to America, then cut it, and then ship it to the grocery stores at a less expensive price than you can American beef. It makes no sense. All of the beef, high-quality beef and chicken, are from local farms and ranches. And if we don't support those guys, we're done. We're done. Head on over to GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 25% off any box. 
Do yourself some serious good, your family and others, by having American meat delivered to your door. Goodranchers.com. Use the promo code BEC. Save 25%. We need good coverage Sorry, about what's $25. Or, or $25, that's yeah. fine. Just go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. There, you'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. We're talking about understanding the world and seeing that it is being shaped by a couple of powers. One of those, the Great Reset powers. It is what our country uh, and those involved at the highest levels are pushing for, the Great Reset, which is one global government uh, that is very fascistic in nature. And it is run. It's God is money. Okay. There is another um, competing force, uh, and that is the the Dugan, uh, Alexander Dugan idea of, now listen carefully, the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening is very American. The Great Awakening is a spiritual renewal and revival, okay? He uses this to appeal to Americans, but it is not what you think it is. We just showed you how his plans in Ukraine, now with uh, Iran, Azerbaijan, uh, Armenia. Uh, Armenia, and Hamas and Israel is all playing out exactly as he predicted and, and pushed for back in the 90s. Um, it is very, very tempting to think because we think black and white generally in America. We hear something and we're like, yeah, if you remember, and I'm joined by Justin Haskins, who is the uh, researcher and the co-writer of The Great Reset and Dark Future, which has a lot of this in here. Um, you are you people are tempted to go along with this Dugan idea of Great Awakening because of a couple of things. What Putin has been pushing uh, and what is being pushed now on outside of the West is they want a global government. We want local control. Now, listen to this. They want local control. They believe that the problem with the West is, is that they've lost God. And by losing God, they have made money uh, and sin their gods. And they're destroying themselves, their families, and their children. And that has got to stop. It's a poison. Does any of this sound like something that you would go, yeah, I agree with that. Sure does. Yeah. Sure does. However, it's critical that you understand the enemy of your enemy is not your friend. That's what's gotten us here. All of these wars have happened because we think, oh, you know what? Well, they're enemies, so we'll support that one. They're not our friend. They are not looking for us to survive this. They are trying to destroy us. Uh, and it, it, is, it is attacking our religions. And it is attacking our parties. For instance, take Donald Trump. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, Donald Trump is there. There is a real effort by Alexander Dugan and the capital T traditionalists. Now, this is not Donald Trump done. No, this is this is outside of his sphere. That's right. Using him. Right. There's a there's a real effort amongst these kinds of people to take the make America great again slogan, to take the ideas of local control and being opposed to globalism and fighting back against, you know, NATO's overreach and the amount of money that Europe and all of that stuff that Donald Trump supported, a lot of those things. There's an attempt to take that and twist it in a really awful, incorrect way, but in a way that sounds appealing to Republicans who like Donald Trump to make it into what Alexander Dugan wants, a capital T traditionalist America. And the book that we referenced uh, before the commercial break, uh, The Great Awakening versus The Great Reset, or the reverse, Great Reset versus The Great Awakening, that was specifically an appeal to Americans. And in it, there's a lot of flowery stuff about Donald Trump. You'll, you, you will agree with some of it. You'll be like, yeah, he's right. He's right. Absolutely. Yeah. He spends mo- much of the book bashing the great reset it's stuff that you and i do yeah. and he's and he's doing that he's saying the very same things and he's talking about how insane this all is destroying our kids destroying our families destroying our culture all of these problems return to god all stuff that people like us say all the time but the difference is very 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 important he also makes very clear that the ideals of the Enlightenment, the ideals that America was built on, the ideals of the Declaration of Independence of John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and John Locke, the idea of the individual right, of God-given individual liberties that are inalienable rights that cannot be taken away by anybody, that that is the source of all of the West's problems. That's what Alexander Dugan and those capital T traditionalists believe. So you have to understand that what they say is uh you know we're just we're we're against this global nature government we're against all of these things that are being jammed down your throats we're for local control but they are not for individuals they're still collectivist and collectivist i mean dugan has said that he's not a uh fascist he's not a communist uh he's certainly not a capitalist he said uh Hitler didn't go far enough. Those are his words. Um, He's a combination, a new combination. What he is, is trying to take us back to the dark ages where people do not have any individual right. He's just doing it through religion and and local control, regional control. So you will have these horrid religions that will tell you exactly the way your life is going to be. He thinks that's better than having a horrid religion, which is LGBTQI2 plus crap plus all of the money and the corporations. It is a religion. We've been telling you that neither one of these are true religion. Neither one of these is the faith of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is about individual redemption and individual uh, will. Surrender your will to God, not to the state. Surrender it to God. This is very, very, very different. I did a a podcast with... uh, 
a Catholic guy. Uh, Taylor Marshall. Yeah. And it, it was very, very clear to me early on. He's part of this Dugan. Now, he says he wasn't, but he's part of this. This I'm convinced that they will. They always claim they don't know who, you know, Alexander Dugan. That's ridiculous. All this stuff. He knew who Alexander Dugan he was did. quickly. Um, but I think this is what Biden's the, the left. This is what they're trying to pin on Donald Trump and anybody who is uh, a fan of the Constitution. When they say we're terrorists, we don't like the Constitution. We want to take you and drag you back into the past. What they're talking about is this Dugan ideology. And there are those that are pushing for that. But that's not the average Republican by any stretch. It's not the average religious person. And it's certainly not the average Trump supporter. Yeah. But you don't know that. Right. Christian nationalism. We hear this all the time. Yes. That is Alexander Dugan. Yes. In in certain countries. In other places, he's okay with it being Islamicist nationalism. Correct. But that's the point. See, in in the book, we talk about how the real difference, and for Americans, this is so hard, because the left-right spectrum in America is individual rights on one side and government control on the other side. But in Europe and in much of the world, that's not what left and right means. It means primarily international fascism or some version of that on one side and national fascism on the other side, or sometimes it's communism. It depends Mm -hmm. on how you want to look, but that's the spectrum. There is no individual rights. That's not on the left, right spectrum. They don't, doesn't exist basically. Right? So for these people, when they're, when, when Biden is presenting everyone on the right his administration as christian nationalist that's what he's doing he's playing into this idea of you guys are fascists that's why they keep calling us on the left they keep calling people on the right fascists all the time we're not fascists we're the opposite we want limited government you can't have fascism with limited government but alexander dugan is in more in that in that vein and that's the battle that's happening it's happening all around us and because the average american isn't paying attention to these things they know that something is off. They can't quite figure out why these people are doing the things they're doing. They don't understand the conflict at all. And it's because it's not about things that we regularly talk about on a day-to-day basis in America. But it's but we're being dragged into this. And it's not going to stop. It's going to get worse. And, and I'm convinced that if we actually, because in the past, what we've been doing is looking at Alexander Dugan and looking at what has been happening and connecting the dots. What I want to start doing is looking at what Alexander, the other things that he says are going to happen that haven't happened. And is that likely where we're going? Can we somehow stop that from happening? Can we somehow warn people so this doesn't occur? And I think there's, I'm hoping that there's a a doorway there if we can just get people thinking differently about these conflicts. There is a global war happening right now. We are in the early stages of it. So when you think of, because this is what everybody said, how could the CIA, the Mossad and everybody else, how could they not know? I mean, this looks like it's coordinated. It looks like it's planned. In some ways, it has been. In some ways, it is Dugan's plan. Armenia and Azerbaijan, uh, Iran and Israel. This has been planned, but it's playing out with hapless Americans and hapless Westerners 
because no one in the press wants to tell you the truth or those in the press who could tell you the truth have either been so co-opted by the the fascism, the corporate fascism, or they have no intellectual curiosity at all because that narrative that, yeah, half of America, they're fascist. That makes sense to them because they don't know you. They don't know religious people. They don't understand and have been taught that the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights is wrong. So they don't have any understanding of this. I, I, I beg of you, please, please read Dark Future. All of this and so much more is in this. We're going to continue. Um, maybe I'll have you back tomorrow because you're in town tomorrow. Right? I am. Yep. Um, if, if you have some of the stuff that he is, he is saying is coming our way, let's go through some of that tomorrow. Yep. Um, you can find this in Dark Future, the book. I urge you. It is so important, especially if you are part of a religion. I don't care what religion it is. But all religions are going one way or the other. The Pope is going towards the Great Reset. The other half of the Catholics, and I'm only using that. This is happening in all of our churches, but this is a good example. Another part of the Catholics are going towards Dugan's way. And then there's the majority of Catholics who are completely unaware of what's going on. And they may only see the Pope's great reset and go, well, that's wrong. And they don't understand that there is a very well thought out force on the other side that is also taking them to hell. It's very important that you understand this. Find it all in uh, Dark Future. Uh, it's available at bookstores or wherever you get your books. Justin, thank you so much. Thanks, Glenn. I appreciate it. Um, all right. Debt in your household, what does it look like? Serious question that you have to be thinking about. I mean, everybody is. The way things are right now in the economy, if you have high interest debt on credit cards, most people do. You are not alone. If you own your house, there may be a solution. Now, this isn't right for everybody, but I want you to be able to take control of your financial house again. If you're dealing with debts, especially credit card debts, if your debt is on 20 or 25 percent interest, it's only going to get worse. You got to get that debt paid off and get it at a lower interest rate. Now, you could do that by refinancing your home. The average person that is working with American financing to do this now is saving seven hundred dollars every month. And what you have to remember is if you roll that credit card debt, which is not tax deductible, into your mortgage, all of that is tax deductible. So it stretches the savings out even further. Call American Financing now. No obligation. Just tell them your situation. It may not be right for you. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. In case you didn't know, I mean, we were just kind of talking about this with everything deep into the future, ESG scores and all the rest that has happened over the past few years. 
you know your money matters and you know where you put your money matters. You can affect change in this country with your wallet as much as you can with your vote. One way of doing this is by buying things that are made here in America. And, you know, I mean, really made here in America because everybody says that. Everyone loves to throw that around. But surprise, surprise, they're not always telling the truth. It's hard to know who can be trusted, honestly, at this point. Um, one place you can trust is American Giant. When you buy clothing from American Giant, you know you're getting true American quality. A product with merit made by people in this country for a fair wage. Every stitch of thread, every metal rivet, every drop of ink is made and assembled here. You're not just buying the clothing, you're investing in the process that will help save our country. We need to get back to the independent spirit of American manufacturing. And American Giant has been doing their part for a long time. The cotton, the milling, the cutting, the sewing, it's all American, 100%. You can buy cheaper, you'll get cheaper quality for sure, and you'll be it'll be made by people overseas who aren't making a living wage. Or you can buy quality that will last for generations. The American Giant patch means something. American-giant.com slash Glenn. American-giant.com slash Glenn. I have a bunch of stuff from them, and I, I love every piece of their clothing. American-giant.com slash G-L-E-N-N. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're very glad that you're here. We have so much to cover. We have, I'm going to spend a few minutes um, with um, uh, Rand Paul. He's got a new book out called Deception, the Great COVID Cover-Up. I have to tell you, I don't agree with Rand Paul on everything. I think he is, uh, generally speaking, a good guy. He's a libertarian. So there are things that I disagree with. Uh, with him. However, I find myself being more and more libertarian uh, as I get older in life. Um, but I have to tell you, uh, there's one thing about him. He is like a dog with a bone and don't get close to that bone is Anthony Fauci. He is he has dedicated uh, so much time and energy into going on to the, the what he calls the great covid cover up. He says the cover-up is more deadly, possibly more deadly than COVID itself. And he says that it is Anthony Fauci and uh, his allies at the Wuhan lab that he believes that's where it came from. And he's got him dead to rights. He says that that uh, Fauci should be in jail. And I have to tell you, if the Republicans would win uh, the House and the Senate, uh, you know, even really just the White House. I think if we had the White House and we could get rid of this DOJ, I think Anthony Fauci would go to jail and he should go to jail uh, because he's responsible for a lot of what happened, I believe. Uh, and Rand Paul will make that point coming up in just a second. And we also talked to somebody on the ground in Israel that can give us a an update on what is happening in Israel today more coming up the glenn back program
you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. There are a few real fighters in uh, Congress and in the Senate. I mean, you pick the subject and I can point out at least one guy that will stand. And one of those guys is Rand Paul. He is like a dog with a bone that's just dripping in grease and gravy when it comes to Anthony Fauci. And I love it and I appreciate it. He will not give up on the deception. He calls it the great COVID cover-up. He's got a new book out about this. And I'm telling you is if we ever gain control of uh, the justice system again, if it ever is truly about justice and, and equal justice under the law and finding the truth out about things, Rand Paul will be the guy that will be responsible for the world knowing the truth about COVID and also responsible for Anthony Fauci going to jail where I believe he belongs. Rand Paul joins me in 60 seconds. Let me tell you about uh, what's happening. Uh, You don't need to know what's happening in the world. You know it already. We're in some scary times right now, and uh, anything could set this off into a, a death spiral. And if you look at how much we've spent just recently, we're $1.7 trillion now over in our uh, deficit. We're, I think, now $2 trillion over what we said we were going to spend. Oh, okay. And nobody seems to care. This is destroying the value of our dollar. In the midst of storm warnings, there is a beacon of stability and it is gold. Call Goldline today. They they have a way for you to secure your wealth with their current deal. You purchase a one ounce gold legal tender bar card and receive two 308 caliber two ounce silver bullets for free. You know, fire them, it's solid silver. We, as we navigate these uh, turbulent, tur- turbulent times, it's the Bible, it's God, gold, and guns. You can get the last two right now with Goldline, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Senator, welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. How are you, sir? Glenn, thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, I have to, first of all, thank you for everything you're doing on Anthony Fauci. I, I so appreciate everybody. Everybody will jump on something while it's hot. It's very few people who will actually follow through when everybody else has moved on. Thank you for being one of the last men standing and, and holding this country and our, our medical uh, uh, our government medical uh, establishment to uh, to answer for this. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. You know, when it started, I was going to give uh, Anthony Fauci the benefit of the doubt. I didn't know who he was. I figured he was just wanting the best for his country. And with each successive time I met him or interacted with him, I became, I became more and more aware that he was being dishonest. Yeah. And then it became um, not only obvious but certain because we found his private emails. And in his private emails, he was saying exactly the opposite of everything he said in public. 
And when he finally gets before me in 2021 in front of uh, Congress under oath and says, absolutely unequivocally, the NIH has never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan, China, it was an out-and-out lie. And it's actually proved to be a lie from his own statements from private emails in 2020. So, yeah, without, without question, he should have gone to jail. I referred him to the Department of Justice twice. But the only thing I ask is when he finally goes to jail, if he ever goes to jail, we don't do what the Democrats did and said 17 FBI agents to arrest you know, him in his underwear in the morning. We do the civilized thing and send a note to his attorney and let him report to prison. But uh, he should be in prison for, for, for lying to Congress. So how, I mean, this is really hard to say because this, uh, I mean, millions of people died all around the world. How responsible is the United States government and Anthony Fauci for all of those lives? We funded, uh, the United States has funded gain-of-function research for more than a decade. Over 200 million was spent on identifying viruses and then recombining them, basically taking the part of one virus and putting it on another to see if they could be made to be more infectious in humans. So there's a great deal of culpability on the part of the United States, but really one man was behind most of it. Going back to 2010, uh, Anthony Fauci approved of this research where they took the avian flu, which is mostly among chickens, but when it affects humans, it's about 50% lethal. A researcher discovered he could make it aerosolized and infect humans. Mm. And everybody said, oh my God, this will be a, a roadmap for terrorists to create destruction and mayhem throughout the world, which shouldn't be published. But Anthony Fauci came forward and said, no, even if this kind of research causes a pandemic, it will be worth the knowledge. And these are his exact words from 2012. Even if gain-of-function research creates a pandemic, it'll be worth it. The knowledge will be worth it. But I think a lot of families who had family members who died would, would dispute that and would say, you know what, it isn't. And many scientists now say, you know what, there really hasn't been any knowledge gained from these. These, these scientists are curious, you know, can we take Ebola and make it more infectious through the air? But it's really a death wish. And many scientists are saying it's a gamble that civilization shouldn't take. I have to tell you, the only thing we learned is how totalitarian uh, every government on the planet seems to be. Yeah. You know, we start out with the passage from, from China, what it was like in China, as people were being walled and sealed into their apartments. They were trying to get onto their balconies. They were singing and trying to communicate with people because they were walled up in their apartments. They couldn't get food. And the drones were sent up to, to greet them, the state drones from the Communist Party, and they would ring out to the people in a, in a woman's voice saying, resist your soul's desire to be free. That's what these drones were telling people on their balconies in China. Jeez. Wasn't much better here. Wasn't much better in the United States or in England or Australia. And it wasn't surprising it happened in China, but what's surprising here is that you had many government officials saying we should emulate China because they're doing such a good job. So... Um how much of this is being buried because uh, America doesn't want to be the big bad guy that caused this and, you know, fear of, you know, all kinds of repercussions and how much liability or culpability lies on the doorstep of China? Without question, it's being buried within the United States. We accept that in China, they're never going to be honest about this. But in the United States, this is an extensive cover-up and an extensive conspiracy. And you say, oh my goodness, how could it be a conspiracy? Are they all getting together in one room? No, it's sort of the way George Carlin described it. George Carlin said, you know, conspiracy theory is not necessary where interests converge. 
the interest here is not in letting anybody know that you funded this research in Wuhan and it led to the pandemic. So there's dozens of these grants throughout eight different agencies. All of it's unclassified and they won't give it to me. HHS is worse than the CIA. I've gotten more information out of the CIA than I've gotten out of HHS. HHS will not send any documents. None of them are classified. They send them over and there are 250 pages redacted at a time. They're hiding and covering up for this. And the conversations that we reveal in the book between Francis Collins and Anthony Fauci are oh, yeah. that this is to defend science. And to me, it's to defend the business of science, the billions of dollars changing hands. But they have vowed to keep this stuff secret. And so far, uh, we've had a very difficult time. All we have learned is by fed from federal judges re revealing through freedom of information. And there's going to be more of that coming, too, because I think Anthony Fauci was communicating on non-government email. And when that comes out, I think it's going to be a blockbuster. So um, when you when this would go to uh, trial, if it would ever go to trial, it, it, is there enough out now um, to not just get Anthony Fauci, but um, all of the people that were involved? I mean, I I was so disturbed when we did uh, a special on this early on. Um, we found enough. I think smoking gun ourselves to say this is most likely what happened. But what we found was there was so much money um, being made and deals with our CIA deals with the Pentagon uh, deals with the, these giant companies that, that millions were coming in and being profited uh, from this. On the narrow question of the felony of lying to Congress, without question, we have the evidence that he lied to Congress because we have his own emails and basically admitting a year in advance that they were doing gain-of-function research that was being funded by the U.S. and that the virus looked to be doctored. So, yeah, we have him online. We also have one of his assistants who has said in, in email, don't use your government email. I always use my Gmail because they keep doing federal records releases, federal FOIA requests by government email, so he's advising others, he's admitting he's breaking the law because it's against the law in the executive branch to use a private email. You're supposed to use a government email. Mm. And so he's admitting that he's broken the law. But I think by so admitting, I think that his records are subpoenaable and we need to find out who he was communicating with off the records. We also have uh, some of uh, Fauci's assistants saying, uh, just talk to me on this. We want to leave. We, we want to keep uh, Fauci's hands clean on the dirt. You know, I'll give you the dirt. But we're going to keep Fauci's hands clean on this. So there's just so much to be had there. But unfortunately, you know, we have the most partisan attorney general we've likely ever had. And oh, yeah. he's over not being on the Supreme Court. And he's never going to touch this with a 10-foot pole. Could we still do it? I don't know the statute of limitations if we get a Republican president. But I promise you, it doesn't matter either way. We're going to keep pursuing it. And to my mind, even more important than culpability of, of Fauci is trying to prevent this from happening again. We quote a scientist in this book who says that the next pandemic that comes from a lab could kill 5 to 50 percent of the population. This one reminds you it, it was bad, but it was 0.3 percent. 0.3 percent mortality. Compare that to 5 percent or 50 percent. 50%, we're talking about something that could set civilization back thousands of years or could even lead to you know, massive the, starvation and the end of civilization. But Rand, you know that this, I mean, we're dealing with a death cult in many ways. These, because of global warming and all this other crap, they don't mind that. They don't think that that's so bad. We, how can we stop 
uh, doing these crazy experiments when you when you have the CIA bribing uh, the researchers to change their uh, their opinion. Yeah, it's weird, sort of the death cult, because the death cult's worried about the climate, which I am too, and I think in 500 million years it's going to be a really hot place right. to figure out how to get to other planets that aren't going to be so hot in 500 million years. But the, the, the death potential of uh, you know, gain-of-function viruses is more like nuclear weapons. It's a yes. much more immediate threat that someone has to do it about. And the comparison is apt because many of the scientists who want to reform this say it should be treated like nuclear weapons or it should be a separate independent agency. The people overseeing it cannot be people receiving the money. So, for example, Christian Anderson is one of Fauci's lieutenants and yes-men he had a $9 million grant sitting on Fauci's desk. And initially he said, this isn't a conspiracy theory, it's not a fringe theory. The most likely solution or answer is that this thing leaked from a lab. But then everybody kept saying, well, and China will be unhappy and it'll, rever- it'll reverse all these relations we have with China. And you remember you have a $9 million grant sitting on Fauci's desk and all of a sudden he flips the switch. Three days later he's writing in a prestigious journal about how there is no way this could have come from a lab. Not just that it probably didn't come from a lab, in the beginning of the article, Proximal Origins, he said, this is not a laboratory construct. So he basically says, with absolute certainty. And then they write another letter to Lancet, and they call everybody conspiracy theorists. And it's like, what I ask is, anybody on our side, anybody that thinks it came from the lab, still holds out at least some chance it came from animals. And we don't call people on the other side conspiracy theorists. We just say we think our argument is stronger. But the other side took to ad hominem and to attack right. us. Right. Like I've never, ever seen in a scientific debate. It wasn't science. Um, we're talking to Senator Rand Paul. Uh, Deception, the great uh, COVID cover-up is the book that is out that he has uh, put together all of the evidence of this. Senator, I just want to remind you, you're on FCC-regulated air, airwaves, so please watch your language. Um, the... Uh, the uh, <laughs> Uh, the excrement. I meant excrement. Yes, thank you. the The last, uh, the, the last thing I want to talk to you about, and I, I don't want to get into. You are a libertarian, and so you are staying out. You are for minding our own business. A very George Washington kind of idea, minding our own business. And I know you don't have a problem with Israel defending itself uh, in the way it feels fit. Don't tell us what to do, and we won't tell you what to do. And so I understand your position. Could I ask if it wouldn't a good libertarian uh, point of view or or movement on this is to rat out our own administration and State Department on the monies that they are enabling Iran to get and and enabling them to to do all of the things that they uh, are doing all around the world? There's. There's a great story in the Federalist today about fifty billion dollars uh, of what we are, uh, what what this administration has done to give them enough money to do all of this terror. Without question, we've been funding both sides. We've been funding people and countries who chant death to America, the great Satan. They burn our flag. And we've been all sending them money, mostly Democrats, but really a lot of Republicans have been hand-in-hand with this. So years ago, I tried to stop these martyr payments where Palestinians go in and blow themselves up. Yes. Fund to give to the families. I tried to stop this. 
and I wanted to stop it completely where no more funds went to the Palestinian Authority. They finally did pass my idea, but they abbreviated it some. It was called the Taylor Force Act, and somebody else got the credit, but they didn't eliminate all the money. I would eliminate all the money. There's no reason to give any money to governmental authorities in Palestine, in Palestinian Authority, et cetera, et cetera. But there's also no reason to give money to the Taliban. I mean, look, I didn't want to stay in Afghanistan longer. I thought it was a disaster how we got out. And I don't think it's a disaster to still keep giving money to the government that's now in power that basically shot us, yes. shot us on the way out. There's yes. $1.7 billion left in that fund. So when people ask me, if Israel needs more money, would you favor it? I said, look, I will not oppose it as long as it's paid for by taking it from somewhere else where we're giving it to either enemies of Israel, enemies of us, or just enemies of Western civilization. So there's a ton of money. There's like $22 billion that we just allocated that's refundable tax credits to semiconductor companies in our country that are trillion-dollar companies. These are just basically corporate welfare. Why in the world would we give NVIDIA money? I'm all for them. You make lots of money. I'm pro-companies. But I'm not for us giving them any money. So if you think you want to give money to other countries, I just insist it's paid for. But what they're planning on doing, and the rumor I hear is, it's going to be more money for Israel, more money for Ukraine, and more money for Taiwan. It's going to be like a 50 or $100 billion package. And this is is a month after we supposedly had a debt ceiling deal. They won't count it. It's all a lie. They will call this all emergency, and they won't count it. And there's still no evidence yet that Israel's short of weapons because we gave them an extra billion. They get $3.2 billion a year. We gave them an extra yeah. billion last December for Iron Dome. So I'm more than willing to help out, but it's got to be paid for, and uh, I will introduce reductions in the budget elsewhere to pay for it if it comes up. Good. Thank you very much, Senator Rand Paul. I appreciate it. name of his new book is Deception, the Great COVID Cover-Up. Our sponsor this half hour is uh, LifeLock, and you may not know it, but cyber criminals often add insult to injury. When your personal information is stolen in something like a data breach, it often ends up getting uh, sold in bulk on the dark web. Your information can be going now as for as little as 10 cents, because what they do is they buy all these pieces of information, and then they assemble it all to find you, and then everything can be gone. Nobody can stop all uh, identity theft and cybercrime. It just can't be done. However, I think the best people to have on your side is LifeLock by Norton. You can join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BECK. Lock up your identity. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25% now. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. You know, we need people... We need to work with people. Uh, I, I disagree with Rand Paul and uh, on some things and when it comes to Israel. I'd like to make sure that we are standing with Israel. However, I agree with George Washington as well. Mind our own business. Israel is, is in my mind, special because of its, uh, its deep, deep meaning uh, to the Judeo-Christian world. Um, and they have always been uh, condemned for every step of the way. Um, but there are things that we can work together on. And I would love to see the libertarian side 
go after the Biden administration for what they and Obama have done enabling and funding terror out of uh, Iran. You know, this. The, everybody's talking about $6 billion that, you know, we're going to refreeze. Yeah, you're not. No, you're not. They won't do it. It's not $6 billion. Go back and listen to today's podcast, the first hour of the podcast. I lay it all out for you. It's $50 billion. You only heard about six. It's $50 billion. What are we doing? We're, we're funding both sides. That has got to stop. The Glenn Beck Program. Once upon a time, Mike Lindell changed the world of sleep forever when he invented and started selling the MyPillow. If you've slept on one, you know no pillow could really be better than that. And it, you know how pillows flatten out and then you have to get another one? I've had this one for, what, four years? There's no need for me to get another. They have a 10-year warranty on them. And I don't know how it works, but it's got something that you can fluff it once and it stays the way you want it to be. Now he's introduced the MyPillow 2.0. It's the, it's, he says it's the coolest pillow you're ever going to own. But what he means by that is it now has um, uh, cooling thread, temperature regulating thread. That's how it's made. Normally a king size or I'm sorry, queen size MyPillow 2.0 is about 80 bucks but for a limited time when you go to mypillow.com use the promo code beck you'll get it for 39.99 comes 10-year warranty 60-day money-back guarantee and a king is just 10 bucks more do it now mypillow.com mypillow.com or call 800-966-3117 use the promo code beck it's blazetv.com slash glenn use the promo code glenn why not save 10 bucks off your subscription to blaze tv Sarah, if you will, let me know when we get the uh, the connection to Israel. We are um, we're going to be talking to Lieutenant Colonel uh, Jonathan uh, Conrias, uh, Conricus. Uh, he is with the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces. He's a spokesperson. So I want you to know up front uh, what you're getting is going to be something from a government spokesperson, a military spokesperson. So you have to take everything with a grain of salt. And, and to be fair, to get both sides, we're going to have someone who murdered a baby um, to give the other side of, is it a good idea to murder babies? Well, if I was, we'll get to, be both fair, sides again, to be fair again, we couldn't get anybody from Hamas. So we just got somebody from Planned Parenthood. Oh, oh. So. <laughs> so. You know, the outrage is, is, is yeah. interesting. Glenn. Yeah. You know, look, appropriate to be outraged about what's going on in israel yes i'm outraged about that and in addition to that outraged about the same process happening inside of a womb it's, it's only how, really uh, it's what? really only a couple of letters difference 
One, they killed the babies in a room. Right. One, they killed them in the womb. They rhyme. That's it. And I, You're still killing babies. I'm happy with the fact that most people, I think, are united in horror at what happened in Israel. Oh, it's going to change. And, and first of all, it's already changing. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy to see that there's been at least some agreement on that uh, topic. That's good. So I don't want to blow that up with my political point, which is not a political point at all. It's about the lives of children. But still, like, I understand it's divisive on abortion. But it is weird that, like, why wouldn't you have a connection to this? Why, if you're so outraged at what has happened in Israel, appropriately so, why wouldn't you also be outraged that this is happening all the time here in America legally? It's not even like a terrible story we stumbled on. It's like part of the law. Let me tell you, it, um, hmm. the images and the videos that are filling the airwaves, flooding your social media feeds of the aftermath of the Israeli air and artillery strikes against Gaza. In those strikes, women and children have been killed and they have been maimed. The images are heart wrenching. You won't see the uh, children's hospital that was bombed by Hamas. Uh, Just last night, thankfully, no children were killed, but this is called war. And we as people, uh, as we try to rationally process the irrational, it's impossible to do. How can the injury and death of otherwise innocent people and children and infants and nursing mothers and the elderly How can their suffering or their death ever be justified? How is it that that can ever be okay? This is war. This is the question of war. Innocent Palestinian people, some Muslim, some Jewish, some Christian, injured, their homes destroyed, living without power, without water, bombed back into the Stone Age, as one Israeli commander put it. This is war. Do we have the... Oh, okay. Sorry, but didn't think we were going to get him. Hang on just a second. Then uh, let me go to um, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus. Uh, he is with us now, IDF uh, spokesperson. Lieutenant Colonel, thank you for joining us. Do we have him? This okay. All right. Call Say, it a day. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Call it a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're they're fighting a war. They've got a lot going so, on over there. We keep losing connections. So apologize for the technical. Difficulties. Uh, we will try to have him on tomorrow because I want to hear. I want to ask him a couple of questions, especially about the babies, because that's what people are arguing now. People are saying they didn't kill. They didn't behead those babies. You know what? They killed children in their cribs. And it wasn't because they couldn't target the bomb or because, you know, a soldier was hiding in the house. They went in intentionally to kill the children. That's the difference here. You know, Gaza was considered one of the most destitute regions in the world before this happened. According to the U.N., poverty rates are in the 55 percent range. Most people relied on welfare and aid. Do you know who provided most of that aid? 
and welfare. The Israeli and you and uh, American governments, most of that aid came from the Israelis and Americans. Where does Gaza get its electricity? Israel. Where does Gaza get their fuel, their food, most of the medical supplies and medicine? Israel and the U.S. Now virtually all of that aid to Gaza has ceased. And now the images and video of the first few days of Israel's campaign against Hamas are out there. And the immediate and automatic condemnation of Israel has begun. You know what? If the world truly cared, they would open the southern border or the northeastern border of Egypt. But Egypt is securing that border. They're not letting any of them into Egypt. Now, if we felt a bunch of people just like us, innocent civilians, were on our Mexican border and they were being bombed and killed by some other country and we really truly thought we were at the UN saying this is wrong, why wouldn't we open our border and take those people in to protect them? The answer is we would. They don't. Because this is all a lie. All of it. All of it. Make no mistake. My daughter said to me, Dad, why does anybody stay in Israel? And I said, because they're Jewish. But why don't they just leave? They're being killed. And go where? You go any place that's not killing them. If you leave your home and then you have to live on the mercy of everywhere else, no. Every other country they have gone to in the past, they have been disarmed, promised to be protected. And what happens? A government gets in and slaughters them all, and they have no right to protect themselves. Israel knows history. They know history. None, nobody, I hope nobody in the West, I would hope that it was like this in the Middle East, but it's not. We don't want to kill people's families. We don't want to, we didn't go into Germany and just open up and kick open doors and just shoot all of the people that were in their homes. We let some of the really bad guys go because we couldn't prove it. But that was after the defeat. In the meantime, we burned cities to the ground. If if terrorists captured your spouse and your children and they gave you two choices... Push a button in front of you that will instantly kill a million random people 
or watch your spouse tortured, raped, and killed in front of you? Which one do you think? Imagine you know the terrorist will actually do this, and you've got one or the other. What would you do? If you were Jesus, if you were Jesus, you would probably have to say, you're going to have to do what you do. But I'm not Jesus. You're not Jesus. It's a disgusting and vile scenario to even play out in your head. You reach out to your God. You stare down the captors. As you see your wife bound to a chair, gag in her mouth, fear in her eyes. I would push the button, most likely. My wife wouldn't want me to. If the situation was reversed, I would be saying to her, don't do it. I would hope. I don't know the morality of all of this. But if you had seen your family bound, gagged, raped, killed, your daughter, your wife, naked, dragged through the streets and people celebrating it, and that was their intent, and they said, we're going to do it to all of you. And you could push a button and a million of those people, some of them terrorists, some of them not. You could push a button and you could make it stop. Just like we did in Hiroshima. I would push that button and not because it's my wife and child. My wife and child are already dead. I wouldn't want it happening to somebody else's wife and child. And if I knew there was a good shot that this would stop this poison ideology. Yeah, I, I, I would. I would. I don't know God's thoughts. I don't know his judgment. But I will tell you this. There are times in the scriptures that things have gotten so bad. He said, kill all of the animals, kill everything because it's gone. I wouldn't want to make that declaration, but I would say, I think it is moral to say, do everything you can to help. If you bomb and they are civilians and you can go in and treat them and help them do and the israelis do if they're terrorists israel has just said we're not going to treat the terrorists we have enough to deal with we're not going to treat the terrorists they can die well that's not our rules of engagement and i don't like it but i certainly understand it This is what Shakespeare means when he had Lady Macbeth say, screw your courage to the sticking place. Pray for Israel. Pray for a change of heart of Palestinians. Pray for peace. But don't attempt moral equivalence between dead Israelis and um, dead Americans to the dead in Gaza.
There is no morality in collateral damage. Let's not pretend that. But also, let's not pretend to lay the blame at the feet of the people defending themselves once again. As I've said a million times by now, there is a difference between conspiracy theory and conspiracy fact. Uh, and it's a full-time job. I mean, I, I, I don't know how you do it. I have a staff of researchers that we look at things like the, the beheaded babies. Is that true? Is that true? If true, how many? Do we have any evidence of that? We know they killed. Did they behead? Well, there's a lot of things that have happened that were theories that ended up in the fact camp. And right now, the Tuttle Twins have gathered 20 true conspiracies. The ones that really happened turned out to be conspiracy fact. If you go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com, you can get a discount on this now. The offer isn't going to last long, so don't wait. There's so much for your kids and you to learn. It is important to learn that sometimes our government does bad things. Sometimes it does good things. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get true conspiracy and bundle deals all this week at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Help your kids stay stay sane and safe in this crazy socialist upside-down world. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, uh, there is some good news. Um, I don't know if you saw um, the the congressman that said he was leaving the Democratic Socialist Party because of their stance on killing babies and, you know, slaughtering women and children with Hamas. Um, the Democratic Socialists of America are for that. They came out and supported, uh, said that that they had to do that, you know, to uh, to free their people. No, you don't do that. You don't do that. What kind of civilization are you building if that is how you gain your freedom? You don't do that. Um, but you look at this, uh, and here's a guy who I disagree with on everything, everything. He's still very socialist, but at least he has a set of principles that I can understand. I so respect that. We're never going to agree on, I mean, I'm sure he's for, you know, the Great Reset and he's for socialism and everything else. I'm not. But at least he can stand up and say, I can't be with an organization that turns a blind eye to the rape and murder of people. This is good news. There are those that are turning and isolate these these really horrible monsters. I can disagree on policy all day long. But uh, if you don't even understand the basic of human dignity, I, 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 you, I can't help you. You would be the worst Hamas member. <laughs> you, don't, you don't understand them at all. You're right. 
You, uh, right. I mean, you'd be like I, bottom of the barrel for them. Yeah. I, I hope you're embarrassed. I'm glad. Oh, okay. I, I'm really glad. Glad. Yeah. I'd make a bad BLM member. You would. You'd I'd be terrible. I'd make a bad doctor at uh, Planned Parenthood. You'd be a bad Democratic I, Socialist of I'd America bad, member, too. Yes, I would be horrible at all those things. Yeah. And I wear it as a badge of honor. Stay safe, America. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The Glenn Beck Program.